to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we share our recording from Frequent Traveler University's virtual seminar, which was recorded live a couple weeks ago. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Shout out and thank you to JJ in LA for your recent review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher for bonus content or to leave a one-time donation or to support the podcast at no cost to you you can use me as your travel agent and i can do all the hard work of booking for you for no cost if you'd like to work with me get started today by emailing joseph chung at travelmation.net if you'd like to ask a question or connect with the podcast contact us disneydeciphered at gmail.com at wdwdeciphered on twitter or on our facebook page disney decipher thanks and enjoy the show hey everyone in case you skipped the intro, just wanted to let you know this is a live recording that we did a couple of weeks ago at Frequent Traveler University, their virtual seminar, where Leslie and I discussed whether it's going to be better to go to Disney World in 2021 or 2022. And we really took the 50th anniversary, October 1st, as kind of like the demarcation line. Some stuff of this we've covered before, some of it is new, but our honest opinions about when's the best year to go to Disney World, and we also talk a little bit about our own personal plans. Before we get to that, just want to give a special shout out and thank you to Shannon E., who recently left a one-time donation on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thank you so much for your support and to all the patrons who support us. Quick reminder, you can support the podcast at no cost to you, by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate it. Or if you listen to this episode and you're thinking about planning your trip to Disney World in 2021 or 2022, or Disneyland, Alani, or if you're even starting to think about taking a Disney cruise, you can support the podcast at no cost by using me as your travel agent. I'll do all I'll do all the booking and hard work for you, so you don't need to worry about it. If you're interested in that, you can contact me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. All right, let's get to the show. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit about just quickly, like why even go to Disney World at all as, uh, you know, middle-aged adults. You know, we go without our children. We should admit that up front as well. So, you know, why are we weirdos who love going to Disney World? And we're also going to talk about what it's going to be like to travel this year or to travel next year and how the pandemic vaccines, all of that kind of play into our thinking about that and our into our recommendations. I really do feel like Disney is a microcosm, at least for me, in terms of like travel and the decisions that we need to make if we want to travel um, right now. So, you know, we thought that would be a good thing to chat about, especially if you haven't been there for a while, you know, what is there to expect about Disney. So let's get started with the big thing. Leslie, in general, we love Disney World. Let's just pretend that there's nothing strange going on in the world right now that, you know, is a once in a century type event. You know, why is Disney World a place that you love to visit both uh, on your own and with your kids? I mean, I'm just a huge Disney fan, first and foremost. I love the movies, love the characters, love theme parks generally. But one thing I, I really just love about Disney World and Disney destinations in general is that it really is a great practice and kind of a precursor to other types of travel. I think a lot of people who aren't experienced travelers, that's kind of the pinnacle of what they plan to do. But then you realize what's possible. You maybe go first to World Showcase. I know I did as a child World Showcase in Epcot where they have all of the countries around. And I remember looking at each of the structures and each of the different architectures from around the world and thinking, I am going to go to each of those countries one day. It really inspired me to travel a lot more. And, you know, as a parent myself, especially with very young kids, I tried out Disney destinations. It wasn't a disaster. And then I got more adventurous about where I was going to travel beyond Orlando or Anaheim. What about you, Joe? Yeah, pretty similar. I love Disney and the brand and stuff like that. I mean, 
it's not a perfect brand by any means, but no brand is. And I've always enjoyed being in the parks. I think one thing I really like about being in the parks is, uh, and just Disney in general, is you kind of enter this bubble. And in that bubble, like you said, Leslie, it's a it's a safe place, or it was a safe place for me to test out travel with my kids. But for people who have not traveled with their kids before, especially when they're young and stuff like that, like going to Disney, you know, there's a lot of kind of guardrails, bumper rails, like when you're in the theme parks, if you need to, you know, nurse your child, for example, there are nursing centers, you know, there's all this stuff that you don't have to worry about that is kid friendly, that if you go to any city in the world or go to random places, like you're going to be scrambling, but Disney kind of has you all covered for that. So I appreciate the guardrails for family travel. But also, I think people who really get into Disney realize that there's a lot of planning involved uh, and there's a lot of, I wouldn't say travel hacking, but there's a lot of hacking that you need to do to really maximize your experience. And that is a lot of fun um, trying to, you know, get on rides with the least amount of time, bend the rules to get on even more rides, you know, bend the rules to save money on your ticket. I think that stuff is a lot of fun. And so I've always enjoyed that. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I enjoy Disney World. And then finally, the main reason I enjoy Disney World is because I'm a gigantic man-child who uh, has not grown up and I enjoy still being a kid. But joking aside, it is a place where we can still all be kids. Disney fans are crazy, but they are generally pretty accepting of each other's craziness. And so I like that. Just wait. The judgment will come once you have a tween, Joe. So the, your days are numbered. So it won't come from Disney fans, but it will come from your own children. Well, the tweens will judge us for all things regardless, right? That's right. All right. Well, I know we want to talk today about when to go to Disney World, sort of what the status is today, the rest of 2021, what 2022 is going to look like. There's a big date coming up here in 2021. So like, let's not bury the lead, Joe. What What is the date that everybody needs to keep in mind as they plan for potential Disney World travel, at least? Yeah. So Disney World was founded on October 1st, or they opened their gates on October 1st, 1971. So October 1st, 2021 is going to be the 50-year anniversary, and Disney is going to be kicking off a huge celebration. Now, I'll be honest, uh, they announced some of the things that they're going to be doing during the celebration, and it was pretty tame. I think they're kind of holding their cards close to the vest right now because I don't think they want to over-promise and under deliver. But on October 1st, 2021, they're going to kick off an 18 month celebration of the 50th anniversary. Uh, it probably would have been two years if there wasn't everything going on. And so Disney World is going to start getting really crowded after October 1st, 2021. And so we thought that that was going to be a good kind of point to compare the before and the after the 2021 and the 2022 type travel. That's right. So before we kind of get into the full comparison, let's just set the stage for what Disney World is like right now, as in today in February of 2021. You and I, of course, haven't been. I haven't left the state of California in, in a year, and I guess you haven't left the Northeast in a year yourself. So, you know, we, of course, are getting all of our news, but the news is pretty good um, these days, thanks to social media and vloggers and everybody. But so let's talk about what is going to look totally different. If you have been to Disney in the last, you know, several years, it's not going to look the same. I mean, of course, there are the COVID precautions. Masks are required, and they are really required. Like, Disney cast members will give you a nice reminder to put your mask back up. And if you don't comply promptly and fully, at some point, they will kick you out. And that has happened. So that that's a, the good news for folks who are COVID conscious. There's also reduced capacity the parks reopened last year with like, what, 25% capacity. They've been creeping that up. It's now potentially up to 40%, although other than President's Week right now, 
they're not even maxing out that 40%. And of course, there's social distancing, like all the queues have stickers of where to stand and they space the tables at restaurants. I mean, the usual COVID precautions that you'd expect and, and Disney being Disney really can enforce and they run a tight ship in non COVID times. So it doesn't surprise me that they run a tight ship in COVID times as well. But with all of this comes a lot of other changes that maybe aren't as good. Uh, one thing that folks need to be aware of right now is that there are really reduced benefits to staying on Disney property. Disney gives benefits to people who are staying in some of the Disney hotels that are perks for, you know, just getting to be on property. And a lot of those are cut or they're reduced. There are no extra magic hours. Those are early entry and late nights in some of the parks that are given to on-property guests. There's no luggage service with your Magical Express uh, airport transfers. It used to be Disney would bring your bags to your room after you flew into Orlando. So all those little things kind of do add up to a diminished experience. And then more generally, there are just fewer hotels that are open. Some of them are, are still closed. There are fewer restaurants. There are fewer spots at restaurants. There's only going to be one water park, and it's not even open yet. It's opening next month, and there usually are two. So all of those things you have to keep in mind right now with the Disney World experience. It is is not what it used to be. Talking about the diminished experience, the rides are modified right now. You'll see a lot of plexiglass in the queues. In some examples, you're going to see actually plexiglass on the rides, which can obscure some of your kind of vantage points or what you're seeing and stuff like that. There are no parades, which actually Leslie and I both think is a good thing. They've replaced them with cavalcades. So instead of like having 20 floats in a row and everyone crowding up and waiting for like an hour, they'll just randomly have cavalcades. I guess at this point, it's not random. People have pretty much figured out when they'll come out, but it'll just be one float at a time. So it's kind of like a quick hit mini parade. It just drives on by. You wave hello at the characters and then they go. There are little crowds that gather for the cavalcades, but it's not too bad compared to the old parades. And a big thing for especially parents of younger kids, but even you know a lot of older kids get into it as well and adults as well. Uh, there are no character meet and greets right now. So it used to be a very big deal to go to all the characters, get as many autographs as you could, get Mickey's autograph, Donald's, Goofy's, princesses, but uh, you can't do that right now. And so that is a big thing that's missing from the parks. My oldest daughter loves you know she has a couple of autograph books and she really loves um you know one of her kind of most exciting disney moments was getting to get aladdin and jasmine's autograph because that's her favorite movie and so it's pretty rough that that is not something that you can do right now there are also shorter park hours but the shorter park hours because of the lower crowds are not as big of an effect as you might think the main effect is that you end up spending more time at your hotel or places that are not the parks because of that one other thing that's missing right now is i talked at the top about how i like to kind of hack my way through disney to like maximize the experience but the hackability is limited right now because there's no fast pass plus you know you used to get three fast passes per day to start with where you would just cut the line and not wait in a super long queue but that doesn't exist there was a lot of hacks that you could use for that and also you know you're a little bit more restricted uh you can't kind of plan things on the fly you have to tell disney which park you're going to go to which day and that also limits your ability to park up to go from park to park and a lot of that hackability a lot of that fun is gone it's okay right now because on a general day like you're not going to wait in queues that are longer than 20 to 25 minutes however leslie and i are we're both used to like not waiting at all so it's a little bit rough to not have the uh, fast pass right now 
Yeah, it's definitely taken some of the fun out of it. Maybe that's the reason you and I haven't been pressing to go as fast as we might otherwise, because the hackability is fun. I mean, the same muscles that you use for miles and points, this is where those really do come in at Disney World. And nobody does it better than Joe, because I've I've been the, the recipient of uh, the hackability of the fast pass refresh that he is so, so good at when we have sometimes been at Disney World together. So definitely something to keep in mind for sort of what the landscape looks like right now. So as we're sort of looking ahead this year, um, next year, there are a couple of wild cards in our analysis. Joe and I always are trying to sort of keep track of, you know, when are the crowds the lowest? When are, you know, maybe the crowds the lowest and the rides are running at the fullest capacity because those are two different things that can both be adjusted. And there are so many things that were truths about Disney that are no longer truths. And the first of those is that crowds are a complete wild card. We don't know what they're going to look like. I mean, we know, for example, that like Christmas week is always going to be busy and President's Week is going to be busier than the week after President's Week. I mean, those are always true just because of school holidays. But generally speaking, it's really, really hard to project out demand even, I mean, this is the result of COVID, even a week from now, a month from now, certainly by the fall, you know, none of us know whether we're going to be vaccinated. And I think that probably affects a lot of people's uh, vacation decisions. Like, you know, are you going to go in May? Are you going to go in June? Are you going to go in July? I don't know. So that's something to really keep in mind. So if anybody tells you they know what the crowds are going to look like, and they're going to help you plan around that, they're lying. And we also don't know what capacity restrictions are going to be like at Disney World. I mean, that is the other lever that Disney itself can pull on. You know, they're 40% right now. They can go to 50. I mean, it's Florida. So there's no limits on them other than their own limits. There are no governmental limits. So that's something to keep in mind. And then the other huge wild card, I think, in our analysis is Disney's mask requirement. That is a deal breaker for a lot of people, just especially, say, in the hottest months. It's really hard to be in a theme park all day long. I don't care how good you are at wearing masks, and Joe and I are are very good at doing that, living where we both live, and I'm in the Bay Area, and he's in Boston. But it's really hard, and it's really hard for a two- or a three-year-old if you have kids. The mask requirement goes down to age two. So that's something, and we don't know when that's going to be lifted Bob Chapek, uh, Disney's CEO, has hinted at it, and we think it'll be gone by 2022. Will it be gone by the summer? Probably not. Will it be gone by the fall? Maybe. Big question mark. Yeah. If I had to put money on it, I think, like, Chapek implied that it would be here for all of 2021. Again, I think they're trying to underpromise. So maybe if the vaccine rollout goes really well, cases are super down, maybe they will turn it into something that's optional in the fall. I'm sure like in terms of, I don't know if I would say PR, but in terms of like actual pictures and stuff like that, Disney would love for their 50th anniversary pictures to be having people with no masks in it. However, uh, I do think that Disney, uh, or they're going to try to balance what is safest for the public and their bottom line together. And in general, having masks is going to be the best for their bottom line right now. You know, Disney cannot survive a 
COVID-19 breakout at Disney type story right now. So they're going to play it safe conservatively uh, with the masks. I would add on to what Leslie said about the summer. Being in a theme park for an entire day in the summer is hard without wearing masks. I know some people who went last summer who were like, this is just way too much. And then I know other people who were like, we were going to be miserable already and having the masks didn't make it too much worse. So kind of, you know, you have to know your family there about that. We wanted to talk a little bit about what it would be like to visit in 2021 and just give you guys some things to think about if you're thinking about going in 2021. I know we saw some people in the chat already saying that they have plans to go. A couple of exciting things that we expect to open before October 1st is there's the new Ratatouille ride, which is ready to go. It's been ready to go. We expect that will open before the anniversary. And so if you go... For example, this summer, you're probably going to see lower crowds there overall, just because travel has not, you know, like Disney's a microcosm of travel in general. So travel will not have fully recovered by summer. And so if Remy's Ratatouille ride opens before October 1st and you go sometime before then in 2021, you're probably going to be dealing with lower lines there than you would uh, regularly. And then there are also a lot of things that opened that a lot of people have not experienced yet. Like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is a new ride at Hollywood Studios that's supposed to be a lot of fun. That was open for two weeks before Disney had to shut down in March. A lot of people haven't ridden that. Leslie and I have not ridden that. Uh, and then Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, with Rise of the Resistance and Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, uh, which Rise of the Resistance is an amazing attraction and Smuggler's Run is no slouch either. I mean, who doesn't want to pilot the Millennium Falcon? A lot of people haven't been there yet. And so 2021 is a not a bad time to visit when the crowds are still lower because we expect in 2022, as travel has come back, like Disney is going to get crushed by crowds as everyone starts going back. Disney's also running a lot more discounts right now. I'm a travel agent. I help people book their Disney vacations and I'm seeing better deals than, you know, I've seen for like years. And I booked my family in a lot of those deals as well. Extra days on your tickets or 35% off your hotel for people who want to stay on site. Honestly, for those of you who are listening here, if you're travel hackers, you can probably do better by staying off site. I mean, you can always do better money-wise staying off site. But if you do want to stay on site 2021, it might be the time because Disney is running so many discounts. What else do people have to think about, Leslie, if they're thinking about going in 2021, more or less before the anniversary? So the thing to think about, especially as each month ticks by, as as more of us are vaccinated, as hopefully COVID COVID numbers go down, I think we can expect that there are going to be incremental COVID improvements. I mean, like we said, we don't think the mask requirement is going to disappear, but capacity might increase at restaurants. More of the hotels are going to open. They might add back in some evening shows or maybe something that looks a little bit more like a parade. So there are going to be things that uh, are relaxed. And I guess that's offset by the fact that as things are relaxed, we start getting into the summer, which is the hottest. And I think uh, a couple of the last time I was at Disney World in the summer was the end of June, early July, and I swore I was never going to go back. Uh, I grew up in Alabama, so I'm used to a lot of heat and humidity, but I guess I've gotten weak living out in Northern California. It's it's rough. It's rough if you aren't used to it. Now, you Southerners who have uh, less out of practice than I am, maybe it's maybe it's fine for you. So so that's something to kind of weigh in your mind. Like as the COVID restrictions relax, as more amenities get added back in, then it is going to get hotter and it stays hot 
yeah, September is still really, really hot. So speaking of September, one thing that I know a lot of folks miss from last year are the special parties. There's a Halloween party at Magic Kingdom every year. I think it's safe to assume that's coming back this year in some sort of reduced way. They'll probably, you know, cap capacity much more than they usually do because it can get very crowded. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you're trying to sort of maybe dodge the crowds, but still experience Halloween, maybe get Temperatures that are a few degrees colder <laughs> colder than September could be some time to watch. So that's something to keep in mind. Anything else, Joe, that we should talk about for 2021? Yeah, for me, the big thing in 2021 is a lot of us, our kids are not in full-time school. Like either you're in remote school or, you know, you're in hybrid school. So your kids are only going two days a week. I'm a teacher in my regular life. And uh, we just had a discussion about this on our Facebook page. I am like a big proponent of playing hooky to go on vacation, whether it be to Disney or otherwise, you know, I don't, I don't mind if my students miss class. And in fact, the most friction I get for pulling my kids out of school is for my kids themselves because they're nerds. So I think it's fine to pull your kids from school. But if you don't feel comfortable pulling your kids from school, well, 2021, this is the year. Most of our kids are not in full-time school. Like my kids, one of my kids has not even returned to school yet at all. Now's the time to go to Disney World. I know families who have done remote schooling from the Disney hotel. Like they do remote schooling in the morning and then they hit the parks in the afternoon. You know, this is the time to consider, you know, because of that flexibility and especially as towards the end of the spring, you know, maybe the parents are vaccinated. So you feel even more comfortable going. You know, I think that's something to bear in mind. Let's uh, take a look at 2022, Leslie. The good thing about going in 2022 is there's going to be even more things open. Fireworks are going to be coming back. We expect Harmonious, which is a new firework celebration at Epcot, to be there. In maybe by mid-2022, we're hoping there's going to be a new Tron ride, the same ride that you see at Shanghai Disneyland. There's a brand new Guardians of the Galaxy ride that is going to be an Epcot that we haven't seen anywhere in the world. So there's a lot of exciting things happening. Disney has not stopped construction on any of these things. So there's going to be a lot more to see in 2022. But of course, there are going to be a lot more crowds to come with it. Although you might balance out the fact that there are going to be crowds coming with the fact there are going to be more things open. So it might spread the crowds out more. And who knows, maybe even character meet and greets might come back. There's definitely a lot more that's coming. The catch is we don't have dates yet. Disney often doesn't give us dates until, I mean, sometimes a few weeks in advance. Usually for the big ticket ones, they'll give you a couple of months of advance. So it's really hard to say that, okay, this is going to be open by Christmas of this year. This is going to be open by spring of next year. You know, it's, it's really hard to plan for that. So I guess if you want all of those things to be open, you're looking at like second half at least of 2022. So something to keep in mind. I think it is safe to assume assume that 2022 is going to result in the relaxing of most COVID precautions. I do think the mask requirement will be gone at some point. I, if I had to put money on it, I think I would guess after the Christmas holiday season, because that's when, uh, you know, you do have a lot of crowds right around uh, Christmas and New Year's. And another thing to look out for is I think some of the perks of on-property stays are going to be coming back. Disney has already announced that they're going to have a new early entry benefit for on-property guests. This is different than the old extra magic hours. Uh, it's been jokingly referred to as extra magic minutes because it's only 30 minutes, but it's at every park every day. That gives on-property guests a pretty big benefit. We don't know the date of when that's going to be announced. It will surely be in place, I think, by October 1st by the anniversary, but it's possible that it gets rolled out maybe during the summer or early fall. The other thing to keep in mind, I hate this as a parent of young kids, there is going to be no more Magical Express. That's Disney's uh, airport transfers from 
MCO. You will not get that free ride uh, if you're on an on-property hotel that ends at the end of 2021. And it's a pain if you have little kids and otherwise are going to need to plan for car seats and retrieving of luggage and carrying strollers. I'm sorry. I'm really glad my kids are older now. Yeah. So with all this being said, I think it's helpful to share what Leslie and I are thinking about our personal trips. Now, we are Disney nerds. So the reality is once I'm vaccinated, I plan to go back to Disney World and I plan to go this year and I plan to go next year. Now, I think there are pros and cons to both. You know, one reason why I'm really excited to go this year is because there is still social distancing. Nobody actually likes being shoulder to shoulder with people in line for rides. I'm going to be very sad when that goes away. You know, eventually we're going to be back to going through queues like cattle. But until then, like in 2021, the concept of being six feet away from people in line, like I love that idea. Uh, you know, I never want to go back. We're going to have to go back, but you know, I don't want to go back to that. And I do think in 2021, there's going to be lower crowds, so I, I can take advantage of that. Yes, there won't be character meet and greets, but I can take one trip without that and my kids will be fine. If it's your once in a lifetime trip, you might not want to go until everything comes back. But, you know, personally, I'm excited to, you know, maybe travel this summer, even if it's going to be super hot, just because there are going to be lower crowds and there's going to be all this social distancing, which I wish social distancing was a everyday fact of life all the time without a pandemic, because I love being distanced from people. Uh, what about you, Leslie? Personally, I've been, I haven't booked a Disney World trip. So I, I need to get to uh, talk to my travel agent, um, Joe. So uh, I have not booked one. I'm eyeing it. I'm always eyeing it. And I do have some sort of tentative plans for Disneyland. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But personally, I don't know if I'm going to go this year. I don't know if I'm going to go in 2021 myself. If I did, it would probably be before the anniversary, like maybe a quick trip in September, if I could swing it for like a long weekend or something like that. But I definitely don't want to go around October 1st. I mean, you can't. A lot of the places are sold out and the park pass reservations are, are not available for some of those days because I don't want the crowds. But maybe Christmas. I could eye Christmas. I think a lot will depend on just how much the COVID precautions have changed and how I feel personally about that. One thing I've learned this past year is that Whatever I'm comfortable with one week, I'm not comfortable with the next week or vice versa. We, we definitely evolve on these uh, on these issues, each of us personally, and each location in America evolves. Um, no place more than Florida, I guess. What about you, Joe? I'm curious. What are you thinking about Disneyland when Disneyland opens? For you, Disney World is so much more of a commitment because you can't fly from California to Disney World for like three days, whereas you know that's something that I could do. But if and when Disneyland opens, hopefully by summer, we don't know. But, uh, you know, what are you thinking about that? I'll go right away to Disneyland. That's no problem for me because I can get in a car. It's like a six-hour drive from San Francisco Bay Area down to Anaheim. And so even if I'm not comfortable getting on a plane yet, I'll drive there. That, to me, is is kind of a no-brainer. I might even go this spring to some of the downtown Disney offerings that are open. I don't know. I've sort of been back and forth about that. But, yeah, it's a bigger commitment for me because of where I'm located to get to Walt Disney World. And I know a lot of people out there are within the drive markets. And I think if I were still in Alabama, I would have already gone. All right. So that ended the main portion of Leslie and my talk at 
Frequent Traveler University virtual seminar. We also did a Q&A session. We've posted that for patrons at the Disney Decipherer level and above. Of course, you can always access that content by signing up for Patreon at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Want to end with a quick Disney do or don't, and this is a simple one. The Disney do is check the park hours a couple weeks or maybe a month before you travel to Disney because Disney has been releasing generic park hours, but they have been updating them, especially during busy times like spring break coming up uh, in the middle of March. They have extended hours by a lot. So check that out because that will definitely factor in your planning. Not a super complicated Disney do or don't, but one that I think will help out. All right, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.